I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility podcast. We're at an exciting time in the mobility sector with new technology causing us to continually question the way we move both goods and people. My job is to talk to the people leading this revolution and to highlight the challenges and opportunities we face as we develop and implement safe, sustainable, and equitable mobility solutions. This podcast is brought to you by FEV. Check us out on LinkedIn or learn more at FEV.com. Today, I'm joined by Chayton Marichli. Chayton is CEO and co-founder of Locomation, a Pittsburgh-based startup with the goal of making trucking safer and transportation more efficient through automated driving technology. As you'll hear, they're already showcasing the benefit of the first manifestation of this technology, platooning, or what they call Autonomous Relay Convoy, ARC, and Locomation has a longer-term vision of progressing this into full self-driving technology. We spent much of this conversation focused on Locomation's approach and the challenges associated with automating semi-trucks. Please enjoy my conversation with Chayton Marichli. Today I'm joined by Chayton Marichli. Uh, Chayton, looking forward to the discussion. Can you please uh, start us off by introducing yourself and what you're working on? Uh, great to be here. Thank you so much again for, for having me on your podcast. I'm, I'm Chayton Marichli. I'm co-founder and CEO of Locomation. And uh, Locomation is a leading developer of safe and reliable autonomous driving technologies for semi-trucks. Cool. And I, I think the, the latest thing I saw was the exciting news, um, and we can start just with, with the recent news, that you, you guys did a, uh, a drive from right, Pittsburgh to Detroit with some exciting stops along the way. Could you speak to, I guess, what that route was and then also what, what technology was being shown there? Of course. Uh, that was part of our uh, partnership with SmartBot Coalition, which is a multi-state initiative uh, with Pennsylvania, Ohio, and uh, Michigan DOTs coming mm-hmm. together and uh, looking at this transportation system that uh, transportation issues or transportation problems that will require coordination among multiple states. And of course, autonomous driving is, is one of them. And the goal of that demonstration was to showcase a multi-track platooning, multi-track autonomous convoy system, uh, traversing through multiple states and uh, navigating whatever administrative or, or regulatory uh, hurdles might be on the way. So it's about uh, a case, doing a case study with, with mm-hmm. drivers on the road, if you will, and do some lessons learning afterwards. And uh, we wanted to have an excuse to, 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 to do that. So, and we've been working with the, the Pittsburgh Food Bank uh, since the early days of the pandemic. So we were able to arrange a, a food exchange between the food, Pittsburgh Food Bank, Ohio Food Bank, and Michigan Food Bank. So we left Pittsburgh, we did a stop in Ohio and went to Michigan and then we basically came back all in this autonomous convoy set up while delivering food. Uh, the uh, state DOTs and the Smart Belt Coalition representatives were observing the, the, um, the exercise. And uh, now we are done with it. We are going to be doing this lessons learned. Can you speak at all to what was learned or was there anything unexpected uh, along the way? Well, I mean, uh, there are multi-state uh, issues that, uh, that, are, that are better if the multiple states actually agree on uh, certain ways. For instance, you have to go through tolls, you have to traverse through turnpikes, you have to go through wait stations, uh, you have mm-hmm. to coordinate with state patrols. You, the uh, legislation or, the, or the, the government people will have to know uh, if a, an autonomous vehicle is on the roads in a legitimate way or if they are all all green to go 
Mm -hmm. in, in our particular case, if uh, if two trucks are following each other very closely, are they part of an autonomous convoy or are they just tailgating each other? So there, there's all kind of nuances and all kind of shades that, that need to be properly communicated and agreed upon. Uh, we also have been talking about things like maybe it is too, uh, too much of a dream to, to imagine that everything will be unified. But instead, at least we understand that, okay, so these are these three different ways of doing things. And if you want to go from this point A to this point B, you will have to be aware of these three things. And at least there's a unification around the communication part of it. So these are the, the, the couple of top level lessons learned from the, again, from operations point of view. This was not to, this was not a, a focus on technology demonstration, although we did demonstrate the technology, we did not do it just for the sake of doing it autonomously. We just used our concept of operations, again, as an excuse to showcase the, the uh, how this would work in a commercial setup a couple of years down the road. Very cool, yeah, and definitely a good cause along the way. So uh, yeah, good to see all the way around. The I'd like to uh, take a step back then and talk about the technology. So for anyone who isn't, isn't aware, so definition of platooning or if we're calling a, a truck convoy, um, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially once you're on the highway, you're uh, steady state driving, the front truck and the back truck somehow communicate with each other, right? The back truck um, follows a set distance and essentially drives completely autonomously. Um, and the, the second driver is able to disengage from the vehicle. Is that correct? That is correct. And at that point, maybe I should uh, talk a little bit about our, our overall company approach. Mm -hmm. so yeah, we, of course. Uh, we are not just a, a convoy or a platooning company. We are, we are an autonomous driving company, but we, uh, we understand the autonomy driving problem with its ups and downs and with its uh, outstanding challenges. Uh, so we believe in a phased approach, a staged deployment of full autonomy. And autonomous convoying to us is the first meaningful, sensible, and beneficial form of deploying full autonomy on the public roads. In this first incarnation, as you des described, this is a system uh, to be operated autonomously only on the interstate parts. It is a two truck and two driver system. We imagine the two, two drivers will be driving the trucks manually when they are not on the interstate. And when they are on the interstate and the, uh, the convoy system is engaged, the driver in the front truck remains in control and remains engaged, but the second truck, the follower truck, turns into a self-driving truck, starts following the uh, lead truck from a set, uh, set gap uh, without requiring a driver behind the steering wheel. So the drivers basically uh, can take turns uh, being engaged and being in the rest period. They can mm -hmm. take turns leading the convoy, but at any given time, two trucks will continue to move. That's how the, uh, we add value. And uh, autonomy sensors, autonomy algorithms are driving the second truck, but also assisting the, the lead driver in the lead truck. So the entire operation is safer and more comfortable. Um, this system enables us to deliver twice as much cargo to twice as far and twice as fast. So that's a, that's a significant expansion over what's what's um, possible today. And to qu to quickly touch on that, so the 
there's still two drivers, right? But it's, but this allows you now, rather than having someone drive and then both both trucks are parked and someone's sleeping overnight or whatever, they're able to sleep in shifts, right? And then now you have two trucks that are utilized uh, more fully, right? The industry is facing significant uh, skilled driver shortage. So there are not enough skilled and experienced drivers to handle the, the long haul routes. And long haul routes are where you actually need experience and, and skill. So this is a uh, this system is a first step towards uh, making the drivers and making the trucks more efficient. We already have the drivers we have. We already have the trucks we have, and drivers can only drive for ten and a half hours a day in a fourteen-hour window. So outside that, they have to rest so that we can make sure that uh, they are driving in a safe manner. Today, when they are resting, when they are sleeping on the side. Uh, the truck sleeps with them and the, the load sleeps with them. This mm -hmm. system decouples it and still enables the drivers to get the proper rest while keeping the trucks on the move. Yep, and then you, you also get some, do you, do you have a percentage for the fuel economy um, increase uh, as well? We haven't done our own independent uh, assessment yet, but there are, there are enough third-party independent assessments of this uh, uh, convoying fuel saving studies, uh, the lead truck saves around 5% fuel and the follower truck saves around 10% fuel. And between the two of them, we are looking at about 8% average uh, fuel savings. And it's essentially an aerodynamics problem there, right? If you're NASCAR yeah. driving, right? If you're <laughs> drifting exactly. behind or drafting, exactly. I mean. Yeah. Exactly. Interestingly, uh, even the lead truck ends up saving some, uh, some um, fuel because uh, there's less turbulence formed behind the truck, pulling the truck back, because there's yeah. a second truck in, in, in a close following. So yeah, from that standpoint, uh, we have multitude of sensors. We have LIDARs, cameras, and radars. They, they all work in, in synchronization in, in, in a method we call multimodal sensor fusion. Mm -hmm. uh, you are very right. The, there is a dedicated radio link between the two trucks. So the trucks talk to each other, and they tell each other a, a bunch of things, including when they are accelerating, when they are braking, when, what, they are, what they are doing internally. That enables them to coordinate their actions. And in, in, in the case of, a, a, say, a safe braking, the, the lead uh, truck has to slam on the brakes un, uh, unannounced. That information actually is communicated to the follower truck in the order of milliseconds so that the two trucks effectively perform the same braking simultaneously. And that is very important uh, in order to get two four-ton trucks being around each other that closely at highway speeds. Yeah, and I, I want to talk the the complexity of the. Uh, I think it's e easy to underestimate the complexity of the technology for that back vehicle because. So yeah, it, it seems like they're just following highway driving's easy, right? But at the same time. So th this isn't a this isn't a Tesla self-driving car. Like, so first of all, as you mentioned, it's a much larger, more uh, vehicle that can do a lot more damage, and you intentionally have a driver who's not in a position to take over if if you call for his help, right? Right. So can you speak to kind of what what yes, that um, means? That is uh, so the the self-driving trucks uh, pose a very different, uh, much higher bar for safety. Mm -hmm. well, there's basically zero room for any mishap. It has to work 100% of the time without any exceptions. There's no leeway. 
because of that, one has to think about the safety goal, what we need to be able to show in order to prove that the system is safe. When you are even starting to think about the autonomous driving problem, you need to start with that end goal of being able to prove the safety. Mm-hmm. That is only possible if you are thinking in terms of systems engineering and in, in terms of uh, some sort of very well-defined borders for the technology instead of an open-ended I'm going to just replace the, the human drivers. I'm going to develop a system that will be as good as the human drivers, but I won't have any statistical number uh, actually proving that. That's not going to fly with, especially with the self-driving trucks, because we just have to know that thing is safe before we let thousands, tens of thousands of them roaming up and down on the interstates. That's very different than um, uh, what Tesla is doing. Yeah. And can we then speak about kind of the, the long-term vision? So you, you mentioned Locomation's not a platooning company. It's a self-driving truck company with a, with platooning as a, as a, a stepping stone um, or one of the steps in the process. Can you speak, what, what's, the, what's the longer term goal and how, how does this help you get there? So uh, longer term, the future of freight is autonomous. That's, uh, it's not an if, it's a mm-hmm. and it's a how. So we, we all know that eventually uh, this is better be automated, but that eventuality is not next Monday, it's not next six months, it's, it's many, many years, decades to have millions of uh, self-driving trucks doing all the, all the transportation by themselves. So the question is, how are we going to connect what is possible today and how are we going to make sure that we are actually working towards that future in a, in a safe, in a measured, uh, in a thoughtful way? Mm-hmm. Uh, the convoy system, if you look at, uh, if you look at the, uh, the second truck, the second truck is a level four fully autonomous truck to the extent that it does not require a driver to stay behind the steering wheel to take over at, at in short notice. We want actually the driver to go in the back and sleep there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the limits of, or the responsibility of autonomy are deliberately uh, boxed. So the uh, level four follower truck does not have to understand all different kinds of emergency vehicles, all different kinds of construction zones, etc. by itself. We have a human pair of human eyes in the, in the front truck doing that semantic understanding. And the responsibilities of the autonomy is limited to just stay behind the leader, follow the leader in a safe manner. That enables us to time bug. That that enables us to uh, come up with a tractable uh, development and validation for autonomous driving. From there, where we will go? Well, if you look at, again, a convoy, a couple of years down the road, we will have thousands and thousands of convoys with human drivers in the front, but the the second trucks driving themselves. and the, even the, uh, the lead trucks have the, uh, the same capabilities and the same hardware as the follower trucks because we want the, any truck to be in the uh, lead or in the follower uh, position. So when the, the lead driver is driving the convoy, they are an economically feasible unit. They are making money. But at the same time, we have the same autonomy system similar to what Tesla is actually doing. When you are driving a Tesla, you are not driving the Tesla you are not driving your car for Tesla. You are driving your car for yourself, but Tesla opportunistically looks into what you are doing and uh, use it to validate the autonomy. 
This yeah, is and you're collecting a bunch what, of data, right? Exactly. That's what, what we will be doing as well. When the human driver is driving the lead truck, human driver is driving the lead truck, but autonomy is over the shoulders watching what the human driver is doing and comparing it to what it would have done in the same situation. Mm-hmm. That will that performed at large scale is going to enable us to collect validation data and is going to actually propel uh, us to higher levels of autonomy or towards this individual deployment of autonomy much faster and much safer. That is our longer term roadmap. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And can you speak then, you mentioned economic, this, currently it's economically viable, right? The way where you're doing this, um, you're your business model. So the your customer is the fleet operator, operator or the uh, logistics company rather than a truck OEM or someone like that, right? Yes, uh, we uh, we are not in the business of competing with truck OEMs. We we don't know how to build trucks. We have no interest in building trucks. They are already very good at that. Mm-hmm. We are not in the business uh, of competing with truck carriers. Uh, they already know how to how to operate that business. We are yep. just here to uh, make them more efficient, make them safer and make them more profitable. So you're right. Our business model is to sell autonomy capabilities, this autonomy hardware and software kit to mm-hmm. the, the trucking companies, to, to carriers in a recurring revenue model so that they can actually keep the upfront investment at a minimum and can actually pay a monthly fee for a number of years out of the savings that they will be realizing. And when we are talking about the savings, we already covered 8% fuel savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if at any given time, only one engaged driver will be pulling two, effectively two trucks forward. So mm-hmm. there's a 50% uh, labor efficiency gain there. And combined, these two uh, yield to upwards of 30% overall reduction in the operating expenses per mile expenses. That is uh, given a three to five percent regular margins in the trucking industry. That is almost the magical 10x boost there. That's why it is very, very attractive to uh, to the trucking companies. Yeah, and I, I imagine COVID's only helped um, accelerate this, and everyone's changed to online. Ch- I mean, we we have more freight. We need to move, and we need to be more effective with it. There is enormous demand. And here's one more thing that that actually COVID just emphasized. It was already there, but COVID just emphasized it. There's one particular way of uh, moving freight. It's called team driving. Mm -hmm. When you have a long haul time sensitive load that just needs to be there the next day, uh, you send one truck with two drivers in them. So the two drivers take turns driving the same truck, but they have to live in the same cab. And uh, our system, is an expanded version of team driving where two drivers still take turns, this time driving two separate trucks and they get their own cabs. So it's a, it's an unmatched uh, amount of personal comfort. And now of course with COVID in the backdrop, it's also uh, much better from a hygiene point of view. Well, maybe a, a strange uh, left turn question here, but so you personally, why, why have you duty trucks? So, so you have a, uh... A, a very interesting, impressive background in robotics, machine learning, a couple other areas that very in demand. There's a lot of places you could go. Why, why this problem? Very, very good question. And uh, there's a very crisp answer to that because this problem uh, is what made sense to not just me, but my entire founding team. And we, you're right, we spent our lifetime building autonomous vehicles and building mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles for probably every imaginable scenario. 
this is the uh, the way to start and this this problem is the first meaningful deployment of full autonomy that makes business sense that makes technical sense that that makes all the senses in in all the dimensions so that was very natural to us when we looked at that we very quickly converged on this idea and since the the day zero even when we start decided to start locomotion the actual implementation of the idea changed very little to nothing so that was very clear from GitHub, and I, we are just very happy to see uh, a lot of other people are also now turning around, and you see all the other AV companies saying that oh, like maybe trucking is going to come first. Yeah, it's going to come first, and that was very apparent. Cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool to hear. And if, yeah, as, as an outsider watching, I'm I'm definitely excited about what's going on, and uh, I, I believe in the the power that this has in uh, improving business and also safety and sustainability and stuff. So yeah, very very exciting. So another quick turn, I have a couple of uh, what I call rapid fire questions here that I, I want to close with. So the first uh, favorite book or books of yours and anything come to mind that's been particularly impactful for you? It's, it's a very tormenting question. It's very difficult. I, I don't get to read as much as I, mm -hmm. I, I did once, but I, I, I used to be a very avid reader. If I had to pick just one, I would probably pick Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy okay. by Douglas Adams. Cool. How about a uh, a hobby of yours? So what you do uh, oh, uh, when you're not working on this? Yeah, I I, I used to make music. Uh, so me and my brother, we we are co-founders in Locomation too, and we, we did a bunch of things together. We used to be in a rock band together. We, we used to do a lot of music. I miss those days. These days, my my hobby is mostly in the cooking and especially the baking. I I really like uh, baking. Ah, cool. And yeah, so the last. Uh, the last of these rapid fire questions. So uh, what, what's a personal strength of yours or something that you think do, you do particularly well, um, kind of like in your personality that, that is enabled you to uh, yeah. attack this problem? I'm very resilient and I, I never take no. Uh, I always find that I don't believe in the no-win scenario. Maybe to, to quote one of my like, favorite guys, Captain Kirk, I, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. And when presented with a roadblock or a setback or something, I just persist. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a good characteristic to have. I mean, especially you've been working on this autonomous vehicle problem, right, for for a while, and it seems like it's just uh, the hype cycles just just now picking back up. So, at you least from the to, outside. Yeah, you have to make sure that what you are there's a, there's also a difference between like, saying that I'm very resilient and I'm. Uh, unreasonably stubborn. So mm -hmm. you have to be one, but not the other. Uh, you have to make sure that whatever you are committing, all you have to has some intrinsic value. As long as you can make sure that there is an intrinsic value in what you are doing, hype cycles come and go, uh, opinions come and go and change. But if there is value, that value will appreciate. That mm -hmm. value, compound interest will apply to that value and eventually that's gonna make its way. That's what I believe in. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So I know I've, uh, yeah, kind of bombarded you with with a lot of questions here. The kind of the, the way I like to end it, kind of open ended. So a couple of points. So one, if people wanted to learn more about you and what Locomation is doing, where would you send them? And then the second thing, just just open ended uh, floor is yours. Is if there's anything we didn't talk about here that uh, is top of mind or that you want to leave us with? Sure. Uh, first. Of course, we are on uh, on the internet. Locomation.ai is our web page. We are on Twitter, Locomation AI. I, I guess we are on Instagram, Locomation AI. <laughs> of course, we are on LinkedIn. 
uh, I suggest people to, to, to follow us there and see what we have to say. And we are getting more and more vocal about the, our way of thinking and our way of doing this autonomous driving um, development. Uh, other than that, uh, maybe I, I would like to uh, talk very quickly about uh, this is not just a technology problem. What we are trying, we are we are trying to uh, disrupt a, an existing industry without disturbing it, and that hmm. actually takes a, a a different way of thinking. You have to technology is a very big part of it. Without technology, of course, obviously you don't have a business. But technology alone does not guarantee success, does not guarantee adoption or anything. You have to be very mindful about all the different stakeholders and what why they are in it, what's, what's on the table for them, what, uh, why a driver would be a supportive of this, why a carrier, a, a trucking company would be a supportive of this, what's in it for the regulators, what's in it for the insurance people. How, what is the, say, again, safe, uh, reliable, and thoughtful way of unleashing this technology. Uh, this is uh, something that we, from again, day zero, uh, we, we are being very deliberate about uh, everything but the technology part of the equation and try to make sure that we cover our ground there, try to make sure that we understand the problem that we are solving and we make sure, double check, triple check that we are solving in a, in a prudent way. Is there anything in particular uh, that, that comes to mind as a specific example or something that you learned in that space that you, you didn't expect kind of outside the technology? Uh, I mean, not a single thing I learned, a billion different things. Uh, <laughs> we don't come from trekking. Uh, we now have a lot of trekking experts, freight experts, etc. in our team. But personally, I, I did not know pretty much anything about the, how the trekking industry works. And now I do understand a lot of things. Now I do understand the history of trekking all the way from the last hundred years, how it mm -hmm. came to be, what, what was working back then, what stopped working, why do we have a, short, a driver shortage problem? What are the potential ways of addressing that? How and where technology can help? Do we have to be uh, afraid of robots coming and taking all the jobs? The answer is no, because it's, it's not gonna happen that quickly and at that scale. But these are all uh, things that we, sometimes we have to take a step back and just like, see, what are we doing? And who are the, all the other players around the table? For that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. And it definitely seems to be the, the more effective or long-term way of thinking. Oh, well, pun intended, we are, we are in this for the long haul. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jaden, I uh, really appreciate the time here. This has been a lot of fun. I, uh, I'll definitely be following along as you guys are continuing to make progress. Likewise. Again, thanks so much for having me. This, this has been a delight. The Future Mobility Podcast is brought to you by FEV. For more than 40 years, FEV has been a global leader in the development of mobility solutions for the transportation industry. With a team of experts passionate about innovation through the design, development, integration, and validation of turnkey vehicle and propulsion system technologies, FEV is your partner for the development of future mobility solutions. I'm your host, Brandon Bartnick. If you want to learn more or get in contact to share feedback or questions, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn at Brandon Bartnick. Thanks for listening.